4: Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Boom! Up America, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios, Tyrac.com. We'll let you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping. Free road hazard protection over 10,000 recommended installers. Tirewright.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in. Happy Monday to you. Denver is the place to be tonight. If you're a basketball fan or even a sports fan, yes, I know Major League Baseball continues on. Um, We do not have a Stanley Cup finals champion as of yet. But tonight is the, tonight is the end of the year. If the Nuggets win, the end of the sports year concludes with the uh, with the NBA Finals. I know we got the U.S. Open. We're going to be out there on Thursday at L.A. Country Club, and um, uh, that'll be fun. That'll be fine. We'll get to talk PGA and live and all that stuff. I know we have the NBA draft. I understand there's all kinds of football discussions with Saquon Barkley holding out. Um, and the talk about running backs and their appropriate level of compensation, like all of that is good and fine. Let's be honest: end of the NBA season is really one beginning in the summer, and two, it's the end of the sports year. That's why you get a little uh, verklempt. right? You get a little broken up over the idea that the Nuggets win, and this thing is that's a wrap. This year is a wrap. Two thousand twenty-two, two thousand twenty-three is a wrap. Memorial Day, the un- the the official launch to summer, but the end of the NBA Finals is the official, official, official launch to summer. Summer sports are here, and dudes just start, we've already had guys just start making up trades and making up takes. Now it's going to get really, really bad. And you know what the number one take tomorrow will be if the Nuggets win? You ready for it? Are the Nuggets a dynasty? Of all the things we do covering sports, and we do a lot of dumb dumb stuff, the team that wins their first championship and it becomes some sort of dynasty conversation, I think takes the cake. I do. We did it with the Cubs when they finally won. We did it with the Bucks when they finally won. We do it and we do it in football. We're still, I guess now we call it the Chiefs dynasty. Chiefs have a dynasty. That's a dynasty. You can't be as successful as they have, as consistently successful without calling it a dynasty. Would it help you win back-to-back titles? Yes. Then you solidify the dynasty as being special. But the fact is that Patrick Mahomes, every year he's been a starting quarterback. He's gotten to the conference championship game. And now you've gotten to several different Super Bowls and won two of them. We got a dynasty in the NFL. But the problem with it is we want to be like the first to call the dynasty. Nuggets win tonight, guarantee that's a portion of it. Whereas what really should be discussed is that you can win with a tradition with a traditional or even non-traditional center as your best player. That's something that I got to be honest with you, didn't know if if it would occur again. How many guys have we seen as those defensive kind of liabilities as big guys? And he's not a total liability. He's smart with it. He's got good hands. He makes smart plays, positional defender. But, you know, we thought that small ball would always dominate, and they found a way to play through small ball. Now, granted, they didn't play the Warriors in the playoffs. They didn't play teams that exposed them nearly as much. I don't even think the Lakers would have been there if the Grizzlies would have been at full health. And maybe the Grizzlies could have played small ball and could have challenged uh, Jokic with how much he covers in the floor. But the fact is, tonight, we're going to focus on the wrong stuff. If they win, is this a dynasty instead of, hey, wait a second now, can we win with a center? Or is this just this year, this team, and this particular center? It, It is fascinating, though, how much teams, the leagues are copycat leagues. So we've already had a run. There was a, a, a year, and there's almost every year, most of the starting centers in the NBA are foreign-born. But now the search for, you know, you're going to take guys in the second round, a little bit more roly-poly. Guys are a little bit more skilled than athletic. And it's always fascinating to me on how we continue to miss. Uh, we judge people on how fast they are, how tall they are, how long their arms are, how high they jump. And yet, last year it was Steph, who we all, myself included, misjudged because of all the things we felt like he couldn't do. And Jokic, same exact thing. But no, 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 that's not what conversation will be about. The conversation will be about, is this a dynasty? And, oh yeah, by the way, heat culture. What does heat culture mean? Look, they play hard. They're well-coached. They're just not as good as the Nuggets. And they probably wouldn't be there if not for Giannis getting hurt. And I don't know why they didn't put Giannis on Jimmy Butler. Feels like that would have been kind of a game-changer. And if you want to ask yourself why Mike Budenholzer was fired, there's your answer. Your best player, arguably the best player in basketball, Wanted to guard a guy who was running a fever and he was told that's not our defensive assignments. That's not what we're doing. And he's somebody who actually follows the commands of his coach. Of course, the Heat aren't the best team. They're not the second best team. And yes, they earned their way to being here by beating the Celtics. A lot of that was the Celtics just not playing. And a lot of that, a lot of that was hey, the fact that when they beat the Bucs, the Bucs weren't at full strength for two and a half of the games. Just reality. <clears throat> so, yes, I do think the series ends tonight. I think basketball season's over tonight. I think summer begins tomorrow. And I think the dum dumb talk over Is It a Dynasty is going to commence somehow tomorrow at 6 a.m. on the East Coast, likely on one or more of the television networks. There you go. Got a lot to get to here. Oh, here's Mike Malone talking about his biggest concern. I like this cut. His biggest concern coming into tonight.
5: My biggest concern going into any closeout game is human nature and fighting against that. You know, you're up 3-1. And, you know, there's, there's, it's a, most teams, when you're up 3-1, they come up for air. They relax. And they, they just kind of take it for granted that, oh, we're, we're going to win this. And the neat thing for us is that, going back to the bubble, you know, we've been down 3-1 before and we've come back and won. And we know anything is possible. And, uh, and that's why, like, my message to our team before we came down to the media and the open portion of practices was our approach has to be that we're down 3-1. You know, they're desperate, we have to be more desperate. They're hungry, we have to be hungrier. And uh, there is no celebrating after game four. We have another game that we have to win. And to close that game is always the hardest game ever. So I'm looking forward to seeing our approach. You know, we had it in game six against Phoenix, we had it in game five against Minnesota, we had it in game four against the Lakers. And my hope is that tomorrow night, in front of just an unbelievable crowd, and incredible environment, that our players understand the opportunity in front of them and take full advantage of it it's it's a great point
4: here's the other part though if you're worried about human nature why aren't we worried about the heat uh metaphorically waving the white flag right or theoretically it just mentally emotionally at some point you're down in the second half and then going we're just not as good as these guys we're playing with house money yes uh john ramos
6: Do you think that, I I think to me personally, I think that the Nuggets are an indifferent team. I think there's, you you don't hate them. You don't like them. They're kind of like that middle ground team. There's nobody, you know, but do you think Mike Malone has been odd? This, I mean, like, I think he's been kind of a hated figure. Don't you think he's kind of been? No. You don't think so? You, You think he's just being the coach and sticking up for his team?
4: Yeah, what did he do? That would be the hated.
6: Feeling? Well, I mean, he's he was crying a little bit during the Lakers series and yeah, about, about the attention thing. Yeah, and stuff like that. Do you think that just kind of comes and goes and washes no, I away? Mean,
4: I think he's right, but I think he, you know we're all realistic about it. Like the NBA finals are on. We're talking about Jokic. We're talking about their team nonstop. Whatever. We're gonna overdo it and talk about how great they are and how they should win and be a dynasty and whatever. Like that's what that's what actually happens. I think he knows it. I think it's a little bit of a motivational game, and that's that's really what he's playing. Um, is it a little annoying? Sure. Is it? Do people hate him? No. Again, I think they don't hate him because it's like you said. We're kind of indifferent towards the Nuggets. We're all suddenly in in a in an era in which where everybody and everything is divisive. I think we're all united in the yeah, they're really good, and uh, I probably should have watched him more. And there may be interesting because. They're distant. They're not interesting, and that, that would be better. Here's Eric Spolster talking about tonight's elimination game. Love playing
5: in these kind of environments. You know where it, it, the crowd's going to be great. You know tomorrow, uh, everybody's counting us, us out. We're used to that, but ultimately, it has to be decided between those four lines. The crowd's not going to decide it. Uh, the narratives aren't going to decide it. Whatever the analytics are, about three-one. That ain't going to decide it. It's going to be decided between those four lines, whose game can get to whose game uh, and ultimately win at the end. That's what our guys love.
4: I agree with that, by the way. That's a really smart point. I I hate the, you know, things that that don't matter, somehow mattering. But a lot of that is media-driven, you know? Who wants it more? Come on, man. Home court advantage, who the officials are. it, It just... Whoever has more points in the, the game, I've been told, is the victor. That's that's, that, that's my that's my distinct experience of 47 years on this on this earth. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio
2: app.
4: What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We're broadcasting live in the Tireight.com studios. we hope you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, and over 10000 recommended installers. Tyrite.com the way tire buying should be. Heat Nuggets tonight, probably going to be the last basketball game of the year. That's my guess. We'll see. Um, Talk about that this hour. we got some Saquon Barkley for you. He wants R-E-S-P-E-C-T. We'll take you to Denver my guy, Brandon Cristal, is, is waiting. And then we'll get you to the press. Monsi Belanos is having a little snack. She can chill. What's, what's the snack there, Monsi? Tell us with full mouth. Go ahead. What's the snack? Um, she's. Not- oh, no. Can't hear her? Okay. No, she's good. I'm, I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm looking at her. What are you having?
8: It is a vegan chicken
4: Caesar wrap. Are you a vegan?
1: I'm not. I'm a vegetarian.
4: Um. Okay. I, forgive me. Mm-hmm. No, it's fine. Difference in vegan and vegetarian. Hold on, let me just see if I got this right. (laughs) Okay. A vegan, nothing having to do with animals at all in what you eat. Correct. A vegetarian means you just don't eat animals.
1: Right. Nothing with a face. Easiest way to put it.
4: What about eggs?
1: I'm not a huge fan of eggs, but vegetarians do eat eggs, yes.
4: Okay. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. So you're a vegetarian?
1: I'm a vegetarian. How
4: long ago? How long (sighs) have you been a vegetarian for? Eight years. Why?
1: Uh, uh, the first rabbit hole I went down was just, I was having like a lot of stomach aches. Yeah. And then I kind of looked into how the animals we eat are processed and prepared. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped eating red meat. It started with red meat. Yeah. And my stomach aches went that away. that pescatarian when you
4: start? Oh, oh, no, you eat that chicken. means you
1: eat fish. Only fish? Only fish. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it started with my stomach aches. And then I stopped red meat and I stopped having stomach aches. And then it just became a ripple effect where I was like, well, maybe... I should have- uh, Jay Stu, have you
4: ever done the, the vegetarian or vegan thing? No, I don't do that stuff. Me neither. <laughs> no. It's okay. I don't mind if you do that. I look at vegetarians and vegans much the way I look at uh uh gay men. More for us. Right? It's okay. I have zero issues at all if you're if you're homosexual, I have zero issues at all. If you're a vegetarian, I'm not gonna make fun of you in right. any way. Okay? Yeah. I just like, you got your own reasons. That's cool. Yeah. Like, whatever you wake up doing. Yeah. Okay. That means that there is more steak and possibly the steak will be at a lower price. Possibly. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah.
7: Christina go. made a great tri tip on Saturday. Oh, <laughs> that sounds amazing. I think so I'm going to do a little, succulent.
4: I'm, I, I think I'm going to do a little, um, uh, a little skirt steak tonight. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Harper is a big skirt steak kid. And she's like, I was gone all last week with Hayes. And she's like, I was like, I want to cook dinner tonight. She's like, I was like, "What do you want?" She's like, "Steak." I'm like, "Skirt steak." It is. I I get a mean, a really mean skirt steak. What what, what is a skirt steak? It's, like, it's a cut of meat. It's, it's fairly, just a cut of meat. Fairly, okay. Fairly thin. Got it. Fairly thin. Okay. Uh, long. Um, okay. And you know, you get good marbling on a on a the better the piece of meat, the better the marbling. Gotcha. Okay. And I'll do a little. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do a marinade. Sometimes I do a marinade. Um, but a little carne asada marinade. Nice. What is a uh, Ramos, what's your uh, current cut of meat? I'm more of a filet mignon guy. Oh yeah,
6: it's
1: no, listen, that, that not. It's not that I don't like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's my, it's mouth <laughs> yeah. Okay. my mouth is okay. watering. my mouth is
4: watering. No problem. Stomach. Again, <laughs> again, but please don't think that I'm not. I swear to you, yeah. I'm not making funny.
1: Right? No, I, and I didn't take it. Right. No, and no, I, no. And no I,
4: I mean this. Like I, I say this yeah. all the time about a lot of different things. Like that's your choice. That's good. That's cool. More steak for me, more more <laughs> steak for me, which is which is always a good
6: thing. By the way, Doug Monsey, being a vegetarian, yeah. led us to a eggplant Santa, um, pizza, which was very good. I uh, love eggplant. Yeah, yeah I
4: love big, eggplant. Big, big eggplant fan. Yeah, big eggplant fan. Um, okay, I, this is a a little bit far afield for what we normally talk about, but did you guys see that Novak Djokovic won the French Open yesterday? Okay, so it's his twenty third Grand Slam. Now, I I like, this is when I like kind of being the knowledgeable enough sports guy to where I was sitting in a, I think a Buffalo Wild Wings in Wichita, Kansas. And uh, my son was like, that's a lot. I said, yeah. I said, what's crazy is Nadal has 22 and Federer has 20. So I want you to think about this for a second. We're all obviously going to talk about Djokovic and who's the greatest of all time. And it does seem to be trending into his favor and... What a, what a week it's going to be for Serbia, right? They're going to have the likely finals MVP, a two-time regular season MVP, and an NBA champion in Jokic, uh, in Jokic. And Jokic is now the winningest uh, all-time men's tennis player in terms of Grand Slams. First thing is, um, please don't do the compare to women's thing. Okay? Because... Uh, he is second to Margaret Court. Now, this—it's not just because he's one behind Margaret Court when he's one above Margaret Court. I would say the exact same thing, which is Margaret Court's record is the women's record, and his record is the men's record. They're not—they don't cross-pollinate. They're not the same sport. They're the same in—in in sport only. They play fewer sets. And oh yeah, by the way, like there was—if you want to go into lesser competition from Margaret Court. Uh, compared to, you know, Women's Tennis Day. You can do whatever you want with it, but I don't compare men's and women's records when they don't cross-pollinate and play against women. Mixed doubles, I would. That's the only one place in which you can. Um, but here's what's crazy. Do you, do you guys just take a guess? I think you guys know that. Monty, do you know Pete Sampras has the fourth most Grand Slam titles? Okay. The top 3 are Jokovic, uh Nadal and Federer. They have 23, 22 and 20. How many do you think Sampras has? 7, 14. Okay? 14. So but here's what's crazy. So Federer won his first Grand Slam title in 03. So it's basically a 20-year span of these three. Right? my, my math okay? Okay. And <laughs> We haven't yet gotten to... There's no Wimbledon yet. There's no U.S. Open yet. And again, if we're fair, we're, we're honest here, you can take two two Australian Opens. Jokovic would have won at least one of them. How do I know? Because he's won like 10 of the last 18 uh, Australian Opens that he's played in and the field didn't have Nadal and didn't have Federer. Okay. So if, it, if it's 20 years... You're talking four times 20. That's 80 tournaments. And we haven't played two. 78. And he didn't appear in two. Neither did Federer or Nadal. That's 72. Is it my math okay? Yes, my math okay? No, 74. 74. So they have won a combined 65 Grand Slams in the last 75 Grand Slams they've all been in. Now, this strikes me as one of two things, and maybe both are true. One, the level of dominance of those three is obscene. Two, and maybe most importantly, how the hell can anybody else pick up a tennis racket and be (laughs) modestly competitive with three different guys over the last 20 years? Think about that for a second. Like Again, I'm not diminishing their dominance. I'm just asking, how in 20 years have three guys— one, even if we say eighty, we'll just go round it up. Sixty-five out of eighty seems like it's an impossibility, but that's what it's been. Okay,
6: I would say most of Nadal's have been on the in on the French Open, right? So he's won the majority of them on clay. That's his big one, and I think he's you got not, fourteen. Yeah, that's a lot on Four, fourteen, on one. and
4: and he's missed several of those tournaments because of injury,
6: right? And Yoke and and what's it? Jokovic? Uh, yeah, not you.
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, Djokovic. Djokovic has, <laughs> Djokovic has won ten Aussie Opens. Right. Okay, but he's, he's not.
6: He's, huh? He's very powerful. Like his serve is dominating. I mean, yeah. It, so
4: he's not as good at the French. Right. But they've all won the. They've all won the Grand Slam. They've all won the French. Federer is is the one that's spread out the most, but the worst at the French. Right. He's more dominant at Wimbledon, where he won eight Wimbledon titles. Anyway, what was your question?
6: Well, no, that's my point. Is that they all they all kind of have their they're not really like winning it constantly, like four here, four. They they all have one that they really dominate at, and then are kind of okay at the other ones. They still win, but they're not as dominant as I mean, fourteen French Opens. That's a lot, considering he's won what twenty one. I mean, that's if, if there was no French Open, he, he would only have like seven, right, or six or something like that. So they 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 dominate at one at one particular place the most. I would ag-
4: I would agree, but I'd also tell you that Nadal. Nadal would probably be a 30 grand slam guy if not for his knee, mm. right? And uh, Federer is the guy who is the worst at, which is interesting, at the French Open, because the French Open, so much of it's about your ground strokes. It's, it's just like a, it's a very different, the French Open is the one kind of outlier one, right? Bjorg had uh, Bjorn Borg, he had five Wimbledons and six French Opens, never won the Australian Open, never won the U.S. Open. But I, I don't know. It's just crazy to me. One, their longevity, obviously, mm-hmm. is better than previous longevity, right? Because previously you get to 30 and you couldn't compete. That's what happened with, with Connors for a little bit and Agassiz. They'd have one tournament here or there. Connors famously at the U.S. Open. Agassi, U.S. Open as well. But by and large, once you got to 30, these guys have been, done it longer and better. But the three of them, I mean, you're talking about complete obliteration of the competition. We don't have that in any other sport. I mean, think about it. Over the last twenty years, that would be like if if the Lakers, Warriors, and Spurs won all but three titles. It may feel that way, but it's just not. <laughs> right? Like the Lakers, that was their this was their first what home full playoff game. Remember when they played the Grizzlies? It was the first time they had people in attendance in a decade. Right? You don't realize the Lakers, this is the worst decade ever. There is not another sport that you it it feels like a statistical impossibility that three guys, right? Like Tiger Woods was great. He went he won he won that level great, but Tiger and Phil, there's no way they're as good or as dominant at the majors as these guys. Again, roughly 80 majors in 20 years, they've won 65, and several they haven't played in because of injury. Mm-hmm. That's what? nuts. That's the most nuts thing I... I was driving around yesterday. I was driving to the airport. I, I As you guys know, I took a couple of days off, took my son to Montana. Uh, it was incredible. And then we went and played with a buddy's team, um, the PWP Pacers from Tulsa, Oklahoma. We played in, in Wichita. And we just had a great weekend. Great kids. They played seven games. And um, I I left him with uh, his grandparents, and I'm headed to the airport. And I'm just, in my mind, I heard somebody talking about Djokovic and being the greatest ever, and I was like, dude, I don't actually even think that's the story. I think this is the story. That for 20 years, three guys Mm -hmm. have won 65 out of roughly 80 majors. That's, it it, it seems like a number that's fake. Only it's not. It's completely real.
6: And American tennis on the men's side has been really non-existent. Yeah, at all. I mean, they've had no one to challenge.
4: Roddick was the last one to kind of, major.
6: I don't know if he was the last one, but it sounds about right. But yeah, they've just been non-existent on the men's side. So
4: I mean, is is that do we think that's one reason why that because tennis has, you know, uh, it's interesting. Like Serena was supposed to make tennis more diverse, hasn't really worked that way. Hasn't really worked that way. I just I do wonder. Like, is it that tennis has got a smaller pool of players? That it hasn't, even though it's been a worldwide sport for a lot longer than other sports that are now claiming to be worldwide sports, its pool has actually shrunken. And that's the reason for dominance. What do you think, Jay Stu?
7: Yeah, no, I, I want to confirm. Andy Roddick, last, uh, last mm-hmm. American to win a Grand Slam in 03. Mm-hmm. It's been 20 years. 20 years. How's that happen? I mean... <laughs> Do, do we're you? the richest country in the world. We have a bunch of little rich babies.
4: Around. I, I would, I would get honestly. I would say that those kids that were grew up playing tennis now probably play. I'm, I'm guessing a lot of golf. Okay, country club sport. You play golf instead. Tiger made golf way cooler. That was also 20 plus years ago, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and then I think you know you got all the other ones, lacrosse. Uh, you obviously have baseball. You know, the lacrosse, soccer's always been a big participant. You have to, in order to be great at tennis, you gotta start playing when you're like five or six. Right? Five or six. And, I don't know if you guys know this, I played competitive tennis from like 12 to 14. And, I I was decent, I was getting to be where I was ranked. They have what's called satellite tournaments and then the big boy tournaments were the open tournaments. So, sometimes open players would play in a satellite tournament to get ready for an open tournament. The open tournament people, those are the those are the ones that are playing on tour, played in college, whatever. And I had played for two years. and I I n- never forget this. It was at Los Cabreros. You ever been to Los Cab in in Fountain Valley? Great, great facility, especially for tennis. And I played an open guy, open kid. I was 14 in the finals of a satellite tournament, and I got beat six love to six love. And I just t- I took my racket to my dad. I was like, you know, I got to be honest with you. He started playing when he was in the womb, and I was like 12 when I started playing. I got no shot in this thing. <laughs>
6: But I, We're honest I, at that age. That's pretty good. A lot of uh, kids just keep parents like, come on, this is one time. You'll get them next time. But you're
4: like, yeah, we're done. Well, it's just, it's <laughs> such a, I mean, like, look, 14 is really the all in moment. You know, you're there in or you're out. That's really what it is. It's just not, you know, it's just not, especially in tennis. Uh, but isn't that fascinating when you think about it? Like, I would, I would love to see a study on what ha- what happened to American tennis. And I don't think it's lacrosse because I feel like lacrosse is the for you we're, we're going to be football player crowd that realized we're not good enough to be football players. And maybe in their in their parents mind, they decided, hey, you know, this one doesn't cause the brain damage that football can co- cause. I, I don't know. But where did the American tennis players go and where did the overall tennis competition go? It was a world sport before basketball became a, a world sport for baseball became a world sport. You know, soccer's always been there. How is this possible? I'm just—I don't know. That's how my 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 brain works. Anyway, Djokovic, 23 career majors, and this giving away two opportunities because. He wouldn't get vaccinated, right? In the last two Australian Opens, and did he get to play in the U.S. Open last year? Was that was that the one that he couldn't play in? One of them, I thought he couldn't play in the U.S. Open. Or? I don't
7: think so. I'll double check, but I right. thought he was. Uh, I thought they had some kind of weird rule that hadn't expired yet.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, got got in, in a got in under under the the guise of like being a visitor and not having to get. I, I don't know. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio
5: app.
0: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800 333 kia for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10 year 100,000 mile powertrain and 5 year 60,000 mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
2: The big take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
3: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
2: And then you have China.
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: There's a video on the web of uh, Kanye West's 46th birthday party. Have you seen this, Jason? (laughs) No. Uh, Apparently, um, at his birthday party, they had sushi being served, which I'm all for. It was served on a naked lady. Beautiful naked woman. Lang, I guess, I mean, she has on what looks like orange heels and she has uh, one sushi platter that covers her knees, one that covers her uh, lower unmentionables, another that covers her upper unmentionables, and uh, then there's sushi on top.
6: I would assume that everybody who went to that party, Doug, was told of this, correct? What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, let's say for some instance you went or I went and we weren't prepared for something like that, would that be somewhat, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, not indecent, but just kind of like, but let's say I wasn't prepared and you're going to
4: Kanye West party. Did you think it was going to be normal?
6: <laughs> that's a, that's a valid what, was point. It was going
4: to be a, a Chuck E. Cheese's. <laughs> I never understood by the way, the, and, and parents do it all the time for, uh, for their kids, right? Where they do that. Like you get the party gift. Like, wait, 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 so, I lay out the money, we have a birthday party for my kid, you bring a present, and I give you a present to go home with? That's a good point. Of all the participation trophies out there, I think getting a reward, a some sort of trophy or present for merely attending a birthday party might be the most ridiculous.
7: And that's become the um, the doing better than the Joneses, right? It's right. It's like... Right. yeah uh, Tommy it's, gave out these at his birthday like yes. it's a way of, of you know
4: I guess what are you announcing that you have a lot of money I guess you know I, I don't I don't understand it um in stories that you could have guessed would be written the Heats mascot what what's the Heats mascots name uh the Heats mascot uh was was injured. Bernie, 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 but it's spelled B-U-R-N-I-E, right? Right? Because it's heat. So it's Bernie. So, uh, there was some skit with Conor McGregor (laughs) during like a timeout and Conor McGregor, stop me if you don't believe this one, might've taken it a bit too far. And Bernie was taken to a hospital. Now, first of all, here's, uh, this is a real question. Was he really taken to a hospital, or is this just kind of made up? Made, you know, made, made to look like a bigger deal, like a wives' tale or something. Not like a that. wives' tale, but it's like a fake rumor. Like, oh, dude, he was taken to the hospital. Conor McGregor totally laid him out. Do we know for? Is there are there any videos of Bernie being hooked up to an IV <laughs> and somebody checking his vitals? You Have any idea? But it did look like Bernie. If he was hurt, it was probably when so Connor punched him. In the head, but it didn't look like he hit his actual head, and that looked like it was part of the bit. But then Bernie went down like a shot, and then it looked like he—if he, if, anything—get hurt. It was when he landed to hurt his head.
6: The funny thing is, the, nobody knew about it, right? So it looked like the people like dra- dragged him off the court, yeah. as part of the bit, and he's probably knocked out. I assume.
4: I think it's beautiful. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. Like who said? Who thinks Conor McGregor is the guy to go up there and fake punch a guy? If you're gonna do that, you do that with a WWE guy, right? Right. Who knows? Who not knows? To, yeah. Who knows that it's 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 all a ruse. It's all fake. It's all a ruse. it's all fake. Under people most likely to knock out a mascot in a skit about punching a mascot, Conor McGregor is at the top of every list, isn't he? Feel free to fill out that list for us at Gottlieb Show at Gottlieb Show. I'd love to hear your list. Maybe we'll maybe we'll put that in the pod as well. Let's welcome him in. He's Rick Bucher, Fox Sports One and Foxsports.com. Of course, he's covered the NBA forever. And it does it does, Buke, feel like tonight's the last NBA game for a couple months, does it not?
9: Yes, it yes, it does. Hard to imagine how the heat are going to turn the page, especially after seeing the way the last game went down, where we didn't get a particularly notable performance from Nikola Jokic or Jamal Murray, and yet the Nuggets won going away because of what we've been saying all along. They're just the more talented, deeper team. They can play more ways and through more people. And so uh, going home, uh, certainly the Nuggets obviously haven't been in this situation before closing out a championship. but. They've been pretty good at closing out series up until now, so I, I I think they're probably going to take a page from that, and they they will manage to get it done.
4: Um, is it? Here's how I look at it. Okay, mm. no one's ever done anything without luck and fortune. Anybody who yep. denies so, so yep. like, look, the Clippers were never healthy. The Suns, mm-hmm. Chris Paul got hurt. Um, obviously, I mean, even go back to Milwaukee. I don't know if Miami probably doesn't get there if if Giannis plays the entire series, right? Right. We kind of we kind of go Memphis wasn't healthy that Lakers series is probably greatly different if if in yep. fact they're healthy. Um are if everything was equal yep. and it was not are the Nuggets the best team?
9: I'm going to say yes. Uh, the road might have been tougher than it proved to be, but I do think that they have something special uh with the pieces that they have and and they have a wrinkle in in Nikola Jokic. Primarily, and Jamal Murray and the rest of the crew. Secondarily, that that the rest of the league is going to have to figure out uh, playing with a point center. To me, is as, is the next iteration. What we saw the Golden State Warriors introduce with a point forward in, in Draymond Green and how they played. So, um, I do believe that they would have got there. I will. I I do like the notion that we need to put things in context. And I would say that with what Jokic has accomplished as well. Uh, just, and, and in part because I'm hearing, like, all, you know, where we're putting him among the all-time greats and greatest player in the league and all of that stuff. And certainly he's in the conversation of all that. But as a center, if I look at who he's had to go through, it's been one legitimate center in Rudy Gobert, and legitimate at one end of the court, and uh, and then glorified power forward. And when I look at what Dak had to go through, or Wilt had to go through, or Kareem had to go through as centers, as guys that matched up with them, it was it was far far more challenging. So I just with the Nuggets, I think that the, I think this is going to benefit them greatly because. Winning a championship and everybody understanding the sacrifices you have to make to win one—that is an invaluable piece of institutional knowledge, and that gives them a leg up. But um, do I think it's going to be competitive and maybe more competitive next year if, uh, if they're you know for them to go after another one? Yes, I do.
4: What does um, what happens with Chris Paul?
9: Uh, he's going to explore his options, and if he can't find one better than Phoenix, I think that's why he left the door open to potentially going back there. Then, then I see him going back there and and taking less. Um, I don't I don't think that that's what he wants to do, but you know, is 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 Boston willing to come after him? Where is he going to go? Where he's going to have a better opportunity. What I don't know is how much. I know I know Chris Paul would like to entertain the possibility of st- still going back to Phoenix. I don't know if the only stumbling block with Phoenix is we can't pay we can't pay the 30 million we were going to have to pay. Um, you know maybe we will pay the 15 million that uh, that is guaranteed, but we're not we weren't going to pay the the 30. And that's the part that I don't – that's the part that I don't know. But, I, you know, what, what, where else can he go that, uh, that he's going to be playing on a contender? And I would say that that's the only – you know, the, I don't see the Lakers as being that. I don't see the Warriors as being that for, for, for what he is. I don't think he's what they need. Um, so it's really a matter of does Boston come after him? I don't even know if that, if that would work. There's some places where he could help, but uh, I don't know what the level of interest is
4: at this point. All right. Um, what about the Mavericks? I mean, you have said before, and I've heard it reiterated, they can't make that mm-hmm. trade and not re-sign Kyrie long-term. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's zero chance in my mind that the Lakers trade LeBron to the Mavericks. That seems like yeah, They're
9: Zero and there's and from what I've been told is there's zero percent chance that Kyrie goes to the
4: Lakers. Right. So let, let's start with the Mavericks. What yep. can they What can they do with two very talented players, but a roster yeah. that needs to be built around them?
9: Yeah. I I mean there there are no easy answers other than the belief that uh, you know their belief from the beginning that if you have uh, Luca and Kyrie together longer, they can sort out uh, some of the issues. Um, but but they're up against it salary cap wise. I I honestly I look at it and m- my feeling is, can you sign and trade Kyrie? That's what I would be. That's what I would be looking to do if I was Dallas. And and I would be I would be looking to see if. Um, if KD, if, they, if, if Phoenix is moving on from Chris Paul, would KD entertain rejoining forces with Kyrie? And could I make a deal for DeAndre Ayton? Where is, where is Phoenix? It's a little bit muddied now when it comes to Phoenix and DeAndre Ayton because um, from what I was told, it was like they were going to move. They, they were going to get him out of there. The hiring of Frank Vogel uh, gives me pause because he's the type of guy who, one, he likes bigs. Two, I think he has the kind of personality that he could reach DeAndre in a way that Monty could not. But so much of this is, what is Matt Ishka's vision of what he wants this team to be and how fast does he want it to be it? And I don't have an answer to that.
4: Um, Okay. What about the Golden State Warriors? What do they Mm -hmm. look like next year?
9: Well, I would be shocked if Mike Dunleavy Jr. or Kirk Lake that they don't that they don't hire from within. I don't think it's possible to bring somebody from the outside and run that show. Um, somebody has to it, it has to come from the inside, and I would expect that they are going to, for the most part, you're, you're not going to see any major deals happening until they get a good look at and and. Perhaps spend some time this summer, fence mending with Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, and continuing to do that. I don't see Draymond Green going anywhere. There is a belief there that that core still has the capability of getting it done. That they just need to add a couple of of, of pieces, some size. Have Andrew Wiggins back and and fully available, um, and and that they're as good as anybody else in the West. So I, am not expecting them to do anything dramatic, even though it feels as if this is the time for that to happen. Like, don't, don't wait, you know, make a move early rather than late. Um, The sense that I get is that they're gonna hang on to everybody and give it one more go. I,
4: that, that, that in and of itself is incredibly, incredibly fascinating. Um, Will both Jalen Brown um, and Jason Tatum be Boston Celtics game one next year?
9: Yeah, I I would expect so, uh, simply because that w- what we're seeing from Brad Stevens and what we've seen consistently is um, that he's not going to overreact. He's not going to do something dramatic. Um, that you know, in, in, with with Joe Mazzulla, not acknowledging that there's something not quite right there, but adding pieces as opposed to making a change up top. I found it I mean, the fact that Brad Stevens is picking the assistant coaches speaks volumes and the and the assistant coaches that he has picked to this point also speaks volumes. I, I could see a change from a year from a year from now, things don't go the way they are, but the sense that I get is um they're they're gonna look at the age of Jalen and Jason and say we we think we can get there. We just need some more maturation from our course our our core players.
4: Last one, Lakers. Okay. I don't think Chris Paul can be a starter with them and then win right. big, right? You can't you just yep. Okay, yep. so Kyrie's not coming. Yep. Trey Young's not coming. Yep. Who are they gonna get?
9: This is, always, this is always the thing. Like, what, what star are the Lakers going to
4: get? Um, Van Vliet? Can they get Van Vliet? Can they make that work? Uh,
9: if Van Vliet wants to come for $15 million, then there is a path with which they could create a $15 million space. It means D'Lo goes and uh, Vanderbilt goes, I believe. It would basically be Hachimura and and then 15 million to play with. I think there's a way to do that. You're going to add you're going to have to have Reeves give you a little bit of a discount. I think Hachimura is probably right there right around the 15 million mark. Um, but but the big challenge that the Lakers are going to have is to convince Austin Reeves, look, we found you, we developed you, we made you into a new star. Um don't go signing any <laughs> any offer sheets. Like let us let us do a deal that is beneficial um, for for us. Um, you're going to get paid a lot of money. May have to take a little bit less, but um, work with us on this. Because if he doesn't do that, then it's going to be very difficult for them to improve this team. So there is an avenue with which they, kept, they could get to Van's Lee and I think he would be a great addition. But I would think that there's going to be other teams that are going to be willing to give him closer to $20 million, uh in order to get him. And so I, I think that's a it's a possibility, but it's a
4: long shot. You are the best, man. I really appreciate you joining us. Look forward to seeing your commentary tomorrow. We'll see if tonight's the last game of the NBA season. Thanks so much for joining us.
9: You got it, Doug.